granted, man. This ain't easy. We worked our ass off for this. Yep. And this is one heck of a team, baby. Yeah. Playing with this guy, practicing with this guy, he's a guy that can do it. And as a as a player, that you just wanna you just wanna play for him. You're listening to the Built in Buffalo podcast, exclusively on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. Here are your hosts, Adam Z and Dave Myers. The Built in Buffalo podcast is proudly brought to you by Total Sports Buffalo, the number one destination for all authentic, autographed Buffalo Bills memorabilia. You can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Total Sports Buffalo. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, Bills Mafia. It's a beautiful day to be great. Just wanted to thank each and every one of you, again, for tuning in, supporting the show, and listening to some Buffalo Bills talks. We got an exciting episode for you today. Some personal favorites, the the great Tyrod Taylor debate, and some Dark Horse Bills candidates. Before that, I got a very special guest joining me today. This guy is someone I consider a dear friend, and someone who is one of my all-time favorite Bills content creators. I am joined today by none other than the podcast and YouTube manager for Buffalo Fanbase, the man, the myth, the legend, Justice Radford, ladies and gentlemen. Justice, my dude, how are we feeling today? I'm feeling good. And I, I listen, I've heard that, but I don't know if I'm the man, the myth, the legend yet. I don't know if I'm there yet, but I really I'm appreciate it. it that was an awesome intro, and I, I man, I absolutely, you're my guy. I'm honestly, bro. That DM you sent, you know, saying that you wanted to to work with us and everything, bro. That was that was one of the best things that has ever happened. Like you made my job so much easier, and just watching your growth and watching you do your thing is has been amazing, bro. So I'm super glad to be on your show, bro. I appreciate that so so much. Uh, it's kind of a lull right now with with the Bills off season, so so I wanted a uh, a little bit different show for you today. So, as I had mentioned, the the Bills season feels like it's it's light years away. So we want to take the time and and do a little a blast from the past and and talk a little bit about our favorite things on the planet, the Buffalo Bills. So, justice. What would you say is your favorite personal moment with a current or former Buffalo Bill? My favorite moment. Um, you know what? My favorite moment is clouded in like a black cloud, right? Because I think my favorite moment is probably the touchdown pass to, to Gabriel Davis with 13 seconds left. Right. Okay. Okay. Because come on now, that moment was like, that was euphoric. Like, in the moment, it was euphoric. You know what I mean? Like, uh, things started to kind of calm down after the kickoff. And and then the first completion, he was like, oh, my God, this is going to happen. But, the, you know, watching the touchdown happen, I jumped up. I grabbed my little sister. And I'm, like, squeezing her, throwing her in the air and stuff. Like, that that moment was euphoric. Uh, so that was probably my favorite moment with a current Buffalo Bill. If I had to say a prior Buffalo Bill um, like, do you have any personal, like, uh, did you bump into Bruce Smith oh, at, a, at a grocery store? Oh, you mean like a personal thing? My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you, you just, you had to bring up that 13 second game. You broke my heart and, and me too, just to not to go off on a tangent, but I think years of, of really awful bills losses. Yes. That touchdown was great, but I saw the clock 13 seconds and I was like, they still got time. I don't know if you felt that way. I did. 
I definitely did. And uh, I was thinking, you know what? It wasn't after the touchdown. After the touchdown, I thought we won. It was after the kickoff. And I was like, mm, that felt weird. No squib. No yeah, squib. that felt weird. So, so after that, and then the first completion, I was like, oh, my God, they're actually going to do this right now. So after the first completion, I was pretty much like all, all of my happiness was gone. But um, so uh, if – oh, so I met Tremaine Edmonds. Um, really? Yeah, I was at Darien Lake, and it's funny because I was having a miserable time. Uh, it was hot. I'm too tall to get on any of the rides at the at the amusement park. So I just wasn't having a good time. And uh, we ended my little sister worked there at the time. So we went into like this private area. Turns out it wasn't a private area. You were actually leaving the park and you couldn't go the way we went out to get back in. So we had to walk all the way around to the front entrance. And uh, it was a good thing we did, actually, because on the way to the front entrance, I saw this guy. You know, I, again, I'm I'm super tall. I'm 6'10". And I seen this guy. Anytime I see someone else who was over six feet, like, you, we notice each other, you know. And I saw this guy. He's pretty tall. But, you know, he had dreads. And, and I'm thinking, like, whoa, this dude looks like a football player. And it was Tremaine Emmons, you know, 6'5", 210 pound Tremaine Emmons, like, and it was pretty cool. Like he was, he was, you know, super happy, super smiley, uh, super high energy. You know, we shook hands and took a picture, all like this stuff. He was a really cool guy. Um, so that was probably the coolest moment I've had with a Bills player. He's one of like maybe one th- of three Bills players I've met in person. Okay. And and even though you're 6'11", I imagine when you saw Tremaine Edmonds, he just looked massive, like a, a, a larger than life human being. You would think so, but he was actually kind of small. Like he was, he was. Well, I guess little, when you're six eleven, it's a little he different. A little, he was a little skinny. Um, I thought he was gonna be like like this NFL linebacker. I thought he was gonna be like muscly out of his mind, like brutish. But he was, he was, he was. He looked like kind of like a regular guy to be completely on. I mean, outside of being six five, two hundred plus pounds of muscle, but I didn't see NFL linebacker when I saw him. So. For him to be as good of a player as he is and do what he does on the field is actually pretty cool. Okay. So what you're saying is one-on-one against Tremaine Edmonds, you could uh, escape a tackle is what I'm hearing. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I really do think I could, and I don't want to like get on here and sound like too confident or really cocky, but like, I, I really do think I could if I'm being completely honest. Let's go justice. All right. For me, um, a a little bit of recency bias, but I have a few. I mean, I was going to I was able to have Reed Ferguson and Aaron Williams join this podcast uh, on an interview recently. And that that kind of meant the world to me. However, I got to say my favorite Bill's moment uh, personal was was kind of a funny one. So I used to deliver pizzas at a restaurant in Orchard Park. And one of the addresses that I was given was one for Jim Kelly. Um, so I was I was freaking out. I, I saw the name up. I was I was losing my mind. I, I drive up to his house. Um, I, I knock on the door. He answers. I'm I'm total fanboying. Right. This is before Josh Allen. So this was the the Buffalo great. He still is, but it was yeah. a, a legendary experience. And and I have the pizza. And he he pulls out his wallet and his credit cards fall to the ground. And he looks up at me, deadpan, and just goes, fumble. It, it just, I, it was the craziest out of body. Like I was just blown away. So I, I think part of it was just seeing like the humanness 
in these players that are kind of built up to be larger than life was was probably my my favorite moment. Um, but I, I can't I can't get the picture of you uh, trucking over Tremaine Edmonds out of my mind. Anyway, <laughs> justice was actually the inspiration for the next topic here. So, justice, you brought this up on your Twitter account. I, I don't think you meant to, but it's the age old debate, the Tyrod Taylor discussion. So you posted a little highlight video. Some Bills Mafia got a little little riled. So Bills Mafia is just super divided on Tyrod. It, it seems like you either love him or you hate him. Justice, I want I want to hear your thoughts on Tyrod and, and why you think Bills Mafia is, is so divided on him. All right. So here's my thing about Tyrod Taylor, okay? We went through 17 years of the definition of mediocrity, all right? We had quarterbacks from Kevin Cobb, who didn't play a game. He had a concussion before he ever got to start for us. We had Trent Edwards. We had Nathan Peterman, J.P. Lossman. Like, we had all of these absolutely meteoric quarterbacks. Meteoric to garbage, excuse me, right? There was never any good ones. No, like, you occasionally get a Ryan Fitzpatrick who played good for stretches, and that's why we appreciate him so much is because he did play those good for those stretches, and we didn't really see that much in Buffalo. So it's very confusing how a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who played good in spurts, got paid and then, like, wiped out, washed out or whatever, is, like, you know, gets better recognition than a guy like Tyrod Taylor, who didn't really take up any of the cap space, right? Um, he, and he, and even not taking up any of the cap space, they still put a horrible offense around him. Like you, you think about the offense Josh Allen had his rookie season. That was pretty much the offense Tyra Taylor had that last season when they made the playoffs. Like, so for people to completely disrespect Tyra, I just don't understand it. It's like when he had his wide receivers, the Sammy Watkins, the Robert Woods, he did throw the ball and he, you know, I mean, he didn't throw it like off the charts you know what I mean but he threw the ball he was a serviceable quarterback you know I'm not sitting here trying to say that Tyrod Taylor was a superstar or a star or that he should be the quarterback over Josh Allen which I don't even know where that argument comes from but the the stupidest thing I've ever heard but I, I I think that Tyrod Taylor is a good quarterback who you know probably lacked a little bit in confidence right uh he also lacked a a system that you know worked toward his uh how do i say this a system that really uh catered to him that was tailor-made for him and Mm -hmm. as a fifth sixth round pick whatever he was he probably wasn't gonna get that and i accept that that's fair right but let's not sit here and act like he was just the worst thing in the world like he was a bum or something something like he wasn't he was actually really good he had a great skill set i say it all the time all right if you take tyrod taylor you clone him make that clone 19 20 years old have him play one or two years in college football he's a first round pick all right all you're gonna talk about is how, how this guy is a dual threat he can use his legs he has a great deep ball pretty throw you know uh he he's mobile he's smart he doesn't commit turnovers like you would say, uh, you know, he he, and and honestly, if this same quarterback is is a is a kid in college, 
he's going to have a system like Ohio State or Alabama or whatever to improve his confidence so that he is able to make those throws down the field. And I think it's a completely different circumstance, but obviously that's not the same thing. But looking at Tyrod Taylor, I think his skill set is enough to where like he was good and why not appreciate him, right? Like say what you want about him. He broke the playoff drought with Kelvin Benjamin as his number one. Uh, what, what was it? The, the, uh, Popeye's biscuit away from being a tight end was the infamous line from uh, one of the announcers. It was Shannon Sharp or something like that. But yeah, exactly. Right. So, you know, you look at it and you're like, well, he couldn't throw it. Watching the Jacksonville game, 310 was excruciating. (laughs) Okay, I get that. But I mean, like, what was the other option? (laughs) Like, well, who was he going to give it to aside from LaShawn McCoy? And not only that, but LaShawn McCoy alone couldn't have got us to the playoffs that season. We also needed Tyrod's legs. I will remind you guys over and over again that Tennessee Titans game, he won the game by himself. And the only reason I remember that game is because after the game, I remember thinking as a kid, I was like, wow, he won that game by himself. <laughs> like, So I, I, I hate that people disrespect Tyrod Taylor for what seems like no reason. So I, I have a little bit of uh, – I guess I, I don't even want to call it a bias because I'm not here to say that Tyrod is like the the greatest thing walking or anything like that. I just think that he was a good quarterback. If we're going to praise guys like Drew Bledsoe and Ryan Fitzpatrick, which fairly I'm not mad at that, but we also need to give respect to Tyrod Taylor. I completely agree. And I think, too, in that Jacksonville game, if I'm not incorrect, one, Shady was uh, on a hamstring injury or an injury of of some sorts where it wasn't even known if he was going to play that game. And two, could you name me the three wide receivers that probably led the team that game? And this isn't if you don't know, it's fine, because I didn't know until I looked it up. Could you name the three? Um, Kelvin Benjamin. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go Robert Foster and Isaiah McKenzie. One of the top three receivers that game was Deontay Thompson. Wow. And he was Deontay actually one of the better receivers. Thompson. He, 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 he saved us a couple of times that season too. Yes. But Deontay Thompson, no one's, no one's saying to people, and no respect Deontay Thompson, big Bills fan. love that you were there and able to contribute to the team, but he did not have weapons his last year there. Um, and there is just a massive, massive divide over Tyrod. Look, for me, Tyrod Taylor will always be the quarterback who helped break the drought for us and started our upwards trajectory of being a Super Bowl contender. I will not go as far as to say he's the only reason we broke the drought. Wins aren't a quarterback stat. Shout out Bruce Nolan. But he was a Pro Bowl quarterback for us that broke the drought. One of my all-time favorite moments of Tyrod is when he finally broke that 300-yard uh, barometer that we were trying to get over. Mind you, uh, I was at that game with my dad. Uh, it took overtime against the Dolphins, in which we lost. But he, he broke that 300 yards. I remember uh, he had a touchdown in the back of the end zone to Sammy Watkins. I was wearing my Tyrod jersey. My dad was wearing my Sammy Watkins jersey. We were freaking out. We loved it. But I, I, I think that Tyrod's career is is marred by the, the Nathan Peterman replacement, right? The less than 40-yard game against the Saints. 
and truthfully our abysmal offense against Jacksonville in the playoff game. None of which were his fault. When we reiterate, we had Kelvin Benjamin, we had Deontay Thompson, we had an aging shady McCoy who was hurt most of the season. The one thing I saw on Twitter today that, that blew my mind, Tyrod Taylor shockingly has the best touchdown to interception ratio by any bills quarterback ever. Now, some will argue it's because he didn't take chances. Others will cater their argument to that statistic. For me, Tyrod was not elite by any standard, but I personally will always have love in my heart for Tyrod. I'll always pull out that number five jersey and rock it on Bill's Sundays, even now. So I don't know. I, I don't understand the divide on, on Tyrod Taylor when, when you had mentioned it perfectly. Dudes like Drew Bledsoe, Ryan Fitzpatrick, some, some drought quarterbacks getting more love than him. I just don't get it. Now, lastly, just want to wrap up the show. Justice. It's the offseason. We're coming into Bill's camp. Who's your dark horse candidate coming into the season and why? I, I know tons of Bill's Mafia is riding the Gabe Davis wide receiver two wagon hard. Who would be your player to keep a my to keep an eye out on for the upcoming season? Well, I'm going with Gabriel. No, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> uh, a player to keep your eye out on, right? Um, <laughs> it's funny because I don't think he's going to be a player this season, okay? okay? But I think he's going to be a major contributing factor for our defense for years to come, all right? And I'll tell you, it was Christian Benford, all right? I think it was wow. six-round pick. Fifth, fifth, I think first, so, yeah. If I'm not mistaken. And and this, this dude is just all over the place. Like, I've heard really good things out of Kent. I saw really good things in his college film. Like, bro, this dude, a ball hawk. He can hit. He's not scared of, he not scared of, of, of physicality. He, he's out there, um, you know, making plays. He's reading offenses. He's reading the quarterback's eyes. Uh, he's, he's, you know, maintaining his responsibilities. He can play a little bit of man. He can play also really, really, really well in zone, probably better in zone than man. He's big enough where he can kind of play that sub linebacker role where he can, you know, he's big enough to be a linebacker. He plays physical enough to be a linebacker, but he has the speed and the agility and, and, and everything else necessary to be a safety as well. He also even plays cornerback. I don't want him at cornerback, but he does play cornerback if need be. Um, so I, I would say a, a, a dark horse, a guy to watch out for is Christian Benford. I'm, I'm, I'm not confident that he's going to be like crazy popular this year or, you know what I mean? Anything like that. But I do think that this is a name you guys should watch out for later on down the line. Um, and you can always come back to this podcast and remember that I said this. I love it. And, and I, I think the big thing for like Bills fans too, right? It's, but justice, he was, he was a late round pick. I mean, come on. Is he, is he really going to see the field? Um, cue in the Dane Jackson, Taron Johnson, Gabe Davis argument, right? I mean, uh, yeah. I, and it's amazing to me after taking a look, obviously um, there's some misses in there in the drafts, but some of these big players who who've kind of stood out next man up have been, late round pickups from Bean. And I, I, when you said Benford, I was like, that's an, honestly, it's probably going to be similar to what Dane Jackson was, right? Dane Jackson, Bill's fans, kind of quiet. a pocket of them loved them. And then the next year, 
uh, after having a quiet rookie year, had to kind of step up and, and wound up balling out. Are you kind of seeing a similar kind of way with Benford there? I, it could, I mean, I don't, I don't see why it couldn't like, okay. So actually you kind of taught me into why he should be a dark horse for this season. Right. Because Dane Jackson's rookie year, he wasn't like, people wanted to see Dane Jackson on the football field. Like they were like, Oh, this kid is nice. And then obviously he came in and he performed really well. So it all worked out. But, um, you know, Gabe Davis looked really good his rookie season as well. I don't see why Christian Bifford can't look good his rookie season. I expect really big things from James Cook, Khalil Shakir, and uh, Christian Benford specifically, but I don't see why Terrell Bernard and, you know, other guys that were drafted this year can't make an impact as well. Cause Hey, look at a guy like, uh, who's the kid, the, 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 the uh, lineman, right tackle. Spencer Brown. Brown. Spencer Brown. Thank you. I couldn't remember his first name. Spencer Brown was a, was a mid to late round pick. Now boy starter. And he looking like our best option at tackle, at right tackle, at least. You know what I mean? So, you know, those late round picks can make noise sometimes. Well, even even if we're arguing like Dawson Knox wasn't an early round pick and he was a converted tight end. And look what he's done in a few years in our system. I mean, I, I see late round picks and I think diamonds in the rough with the way that Bean and McDermott are drafting these guys. For me, I'm I'm honestly I'm not going with a, a new guy on the a, a new guy on the team. I am going with, but not a not a rookie. For me, it's two of the new guys. Actually, I I am a huge Jamison Crowder believer. I'm I'm an I'm a massive Jamison Crowder believer. I want to get his jersey, and I I think he's going to unlock this offense with the help of our brand new shiny offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey. I'm I'm not going to get into a tangent, but additionally. I think one of the the quieter pickups in the offseason um, was Roger Saffold. I, I think um, it's he's going to be much bigger than Bills fans realize. The, the dude is yeah. a stud offensive lineman who's only going to help our running game with the addition of O.J. Howard for those 12 personnel sets and the three-headed, arguably four, running back room of Singletary, Moss, Cook, and Johnson. I mean, look, uh, it's a different argument, but – Going into the end of last season, Singletary really started to started to ball out and in the playoffs. And then they beef up that O-line, get O.J. Howard to run some 12 personnel sets. I, I don't know, man. I think this offense is going to be elite next season. Bro, listen, man. Look, I, Adam, I finally got sources now, bro. And, and, and look, bro, my sources is telling me, <laughs> well, you are absolutely right. So... Uh, you 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 are very you you are absolutely pointing in the right direction. We might see some person some eleven personnel, and that rotation looks really really nice. Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis. We got OJ Howard, Dawson Knox. J- uh, I'm sorry. Um, Kumaro is actually also yeah. very heavy in the rotation. McKenzie yeah. also looks very, 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 very heavy in rotation. So expect to see maybe a lot of McKenzie this year, at least from the beginning of, you know, OTAs and everything. That's what we saw. Uh, or that's what my sources have seen, have said. But, um, yeah, man, I absolutely. Um, <laughs> you're going to see some 11 personnel, and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- Minor side note, uh, I meant 11, not 12. I just got really excited. Uh, and and again, not to go off on a tangent, but 
When we dropped Cole Beasley, my thought immediately went to like Isaiah McKenzie filling in that slot role. So initially I was a little hurt with the Jamison Crowder pickup, but I I really think these next few years, we really need to unlock the potential of McKenzie because I feel like he's been vastly underutilized in our offense. I absolutely agree. If uh, last year, I remember saying all the time, why are we not using Isaiah McKenzie? Like, it seems like every time Isaiah McKenzie leaves the offense, our offense stagnates. And every time he comes back on, they go right back to being good. And it's like, well, why is he not on the field? Why is he not doing that little run, you know, motion uh, before the snap? You know what I mean? Like, okay. And and if he gets tired, then bring in somebody like Sanders could do. Like, you know, but that element to our offense obviously worked for Dayball. And he was, I don't want to say really bad, but he wasn't great without it. And so I was really confused as to why he went away from that. I think that, you know, the, 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 the mindset of the trust tree that includes a Ken Dorsey, a Shula, uh, uh, I always forget that I, I can never get the three all together. It's Shula, uh, Dorsey and Brady. Okay. <laughs> Shula, Dorsey and Brady, that, that little trust tree that they have on the offense now, um, I, I really think that they're going to be able to utilize those players a lot better. You're probably going to see better run game. You're probably going to see just better, more, more thorough um, offensive schemes this year and not something that looks like they just ran in and practice a few times and try to end game. All that I want to know and see in our offense is if we come into the second half of a playoff game and run three straight times before punting, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be so livid. Justice. You're the man, dude. And I, I love having the opportunity to work with you. Thank you so, so, so much for jumping in and, and talking some shop with me. Uh, where can the people find you? Do you have anything fun you're working on? Let, let us know. Absolutely, man. Anytime. You're my guy. So I got you. Um, but yes, you guys can follow me on Twitter at JA17MVP. Uh, tune in to the Buffalo fan base. We have a lot of things coming, obviously. Uh, we have the Madden cast. That's every single Sunday. This upcoming week is the big boy. We got Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. The Bills versus Chiefs and the Bills and Arrowhead. We got the Buffalo Bills top 100 of all time. That debuted um, last night on the Mafia Sports Report. So stay tuned in for that. Numbers one through 76 are out now. So go check it out. And uh, yeah, watch Justice for All Tuesday nights uh, at 9 p.m. And um Shout out to Kim Pagula. Prayers are with you mm-hmm. guys, the Pagula family, Bills Mafia, and everyone else. And again, shout out to my guy, Adam, for having me on. I really appreciate you, bro. Absolutely. As always, do your best to be your best. Uh, God bless and go Bills, everyone.